Good to see you this morning uh, coming in. Before we do anything else this morning, I want to give you a report. We want to have uh, prayer time this morning. And um, so we're going to do that. Uh, we've had a lot of hurting people this week. And we need to remember them. Mr. Ray, I'm so glad to see you this morning. Continue to remember them and the Boyder family and uh, all those who are having a time right now. It's just been a time. Um, let me, uh, I also want to ask you to um, pray for a friend of mine by the name of Tommy Sherbert. Uh, Tommy runs a, a company called Upstate Technologies, which he takes care of computer issues for lots of companies. And uh, he's my age. He was actually in my wedding. He was in Carol's wedding too. And, and so... He, uh, but he has been diagnosed with ALS, and so they would covet your prayers. He, he also at one time was on staff at First Baptist of North Spartanburg. So please remember him. Um, so last night, during the night, the pastor had sort of a tough time, and his blood pressure went up, his temperature went up. But this morning, the fever was down, his blood pressure is good, and... Um, He's doing part of the work on his own, so they'll start trying to win him off the ventilator. But that's a, that's a dance they have to do. And so you just pray for the him during that because uh, medications have to be right and uh, for that to happen. So, um, But Shelly was going to be able to see him, so she has been with him and may still be with him. Uh, if I If I know her... We've probably not been able to blow her out of there yet. So anyway, she went in at 8.30. She said, just want you to know he is resting comfortably. His breathing is calm. His face looks very relaxed. He's got quite a mustache and goatee going on. And she says, I've talked and talked and prayed over him. Now I'm just holding on to him. So we need to remember them this morning in a special way. Also, and we're going to pray together. And if you'd like to come to the altar, uh, we'd love for you to. And if not, um, you may sit where you are. Uh, you can still social distance at the altar, but from the Almighty, there is no social distancing. So uh, you do what you want to do. And as part of this today, I'm going to read a prayer that the deacons know about and staff knows about that a prayer warrior that has visited with us on several occasions uh, sent to us during the course of this week. But let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, you are great above all. You are our Redeemer, our Savior, our friend. Lord, you alone are worthy to be praised, and we are here today for the express purpose of praising you. And Lord, part of praise is thanksgiving, and we're so thankful for what you have done in these days to sustain us in all kind of ways. Lord, thank you. But Lord, we want to open, openly bring some folks to you. We want to bring the Ray family and the Boyder family as they've experienced loss. And yet, not loss, because we know where those loved ones are, resting comfortably in your presence. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we have others that, and probably all of us could 
speak a name today that we want to pray for. Someone that is close to our hearts. But Lord, today I want to ask you, especially to intervene in the life of our pastor. Father God, I lift up our brother Dale to you. I'm asking for a miracle, Lord. A divine healing. Your word says that Jesus himself took his infirmities and bore his sicknesses. Therefore, with great boldness and confidence, we say on the authority of the written word that Dale is redeemed from the curse of sickness in the name of Jesus. We take authority over this blood clot and command it to dissolve in Jesus' name. I thank you that the angels of the Lord encamps around about Dale and delivers him from every evil work. I pray for supernatural healing on his lungs, that there will be no lasting effects of the pneumonia in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your peace surrounds Dale and his family. Lord, we just continually lift him up to you. You know how important he is to each of us as members of this church and as to the church as a whole. I pray that you will do things that we could not think or imagine. And we will give you the praise and the glory for all that you're going to do. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
This morning, as the praise team comes, our choir is going to make their way into the congregation as we begin to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Let's stand together as we sing.
Donna Petty is going to come and read the word of the Lord for us this morning. Our passage today is from chapter 3 of Jonah, and we're going to read actually the whole chapter, verses 1 through 10. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. 
So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. The word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. So good to see everybody here today at Pompa Springs. And I, I just want to uh, take a few minutes before we jump into Jonah chapter 3. And uh, just want to thank the staff. Uh, Scott's done a, a great job of keeping us informed with, with everything that's taking place with Brother Dale. And I just want to say thank you. A lot of responsibilities have gone toward him and Matt and, and, and Chris. And I, I'm just thankful that you guys are doing a great job. And I appreciate y'all, okay? And uh, keep up the good work. I know uh, when the pastor's gone, there's a lot of things that have to take place. And, and uh, it's run pretty smoothly from my perspective, um, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, and so, have y'all had a normal week lately? Anybody had a normal week? When was the last time you had a normal week? I don't think we're... 1979. <laughs> I've been a little bit closer to recent than that, but we, I'll be honest with you, I, I sort of like to have a normal week where things just went normal. It's just not going to happen here. And you know what? God is in the normal, and God's in the crazy. Amen? I, I told Shannon, I said, man, it's been a crazy week. And we were talking about how crazy it was, and some things y'all know about, some things we don't know, y'all don't know about, but it's just been a crazy week, and but God's in the crazy, amen? And I, I look at Jonah, what a crazy life this man lived. If he would have just obeyed, if you go back to chapter 1, because we're in chapter 3 today, if you go back to chapter chapter 1, verse, and, and, and you go to 2, where he says, Arise, go to Nineveh, and I want you to command this, and then there's, there's two little words, but Jonah, <laughs> but Jonah. When you put the word but in front of Jonah, something's going bad, it's about to happen. He went off the wrong, the other direction. I put in my notes, you can run, what's the rest of it? From God. Amen? That's what we learned from chapter 1, amen? He tried to run. And we've all tried to do that in our, uh, our own ways. And guess what? God comes after us, and He brings us back into the fold, hopefully. Uh, we're going to look how that t- transpired. We notice in 
that you, we, you remember this, what happened last week. He was told to go to Nineveh. He says, no, I'm going to go to Tarshish. And so he decides to get a boat and, and get on a boat and take off. Well, he got on the boat, took off. God sent a what after? Storm. Storm came in. He had some caring people inside that boat. They really didn't want to throw him overboard. Did y'all notice that? But he, his disobedience had put other people's lives in jeopardy. That's, that's, that's a strange thing to think about. But we noticed that from that, he, uh, they, they finally came to the, to the understanding that, that to, to get this storm to, to calm, they must throw him overboard. And he was willing to be thrown overboard. And they threw. They immediately, they said, the, calm, the sea calm was calm. This great fish had plans for Jonah, came and swallowed him whole. In chapter 2, we see a prayer. I'll talk about that last week in your Sunday school class. I'm not going to read that prayer. If I were you, I would read it. Not now. I have to tell you all that because I know you all jump on it. But read it sometime because I think this is the only prayer you'll ever hear on the belly of a fish. Amen? Why does that teach you about prayer just for a second? Let's just think about that just for a second. Does that tell you you can pray anywhere? If you can pray in the belly of a fish, can you pray in your car? Do you have to be on bended knees to pray? I promise you, I don't believe Jonah got on his knees inside the belly. I don't know how much movement he had in that fish. So, position doesn't really matter. I'm thankful for that because I just got a cortisone shot in my knee. Somebody came up to me last Sunday and asked me, he says, what's wrong with your leg? I didn't even know I favored it last Sunday until I looked at the film. We're filming ourselves now, and so this is fun to go back and see that, see the, thing, the quirks that you have. And mine was I was, playing, I was favoring my left knee, which I just had a cortisone shot. Sports have been unkind to my knees, and so um, I'm having fun with that right now. And so I'm thankful I don't have to bow and get on my knees before God. A lot of times God says, throw yourself prostrate, just fall before the Lord. I do that sometimes because I pray in bed, amen? Some of y'all pray in bed? I don't want to say all of you pray in bed once in a while at least. It's a good habit to be a part of. But we see here that he, when he was swallowed by a fish, he didn't call out to mama. He didn't call out to the government. He didn't call out to his best friend, his spouse, his family. Who did he call out to? God. Because that's the only person who could have helped him. And God did help him. And it says that when he, he came to repentance and he was willing, willing to be obedient to the command that God had given him in, in verse 10 of chapter 2 what happened. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited him out onto dry land. Now, when I, use, when I see the words that are in that, that puts my mind into overdrive. And I just can't imagine him being thrown onto dry land. 
it says he he didn't hit water, he hit dry land. Y'all know what had to happen, right? Y'all know what had to happen? You who chew tobacco. Y'all know what happened, right? Because y'all do it all the time. He was fit onto, I just can't imagine. Okay? Can y'all, can y'all figure out I'm looking for humor today in the Scripture? Because I think we all need to laugh a little bit today, amen? There's a lot of heaviness in our, in our lives. And, and uh, sometimes the Word of God, if you read it close enough, it will make you say, wait a minute. If you think about it just for a second. But notice what happened. Let's get serious about this. In verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. What does that teach us about God? It says God gives second chances. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that not only does God give second chances, He gives more chances than that. I've burned up a lot of chances, amen? He's given me chance after chance after chance. But I'm so thankful in this passage of Scripture that He gave Jonah a second chance. And God is the God of second chances because He not only gave Jonah a second chance, He gave Nineveh a second chance. We talked about how evil Nineveh was. And God had compassion over when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, God truly loves this world. He loves us all. He wants us all to come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And He'll give each one... None of us are special. We're all special, but we're not unique in the sense that He won't... If He would just give us a second chance. If He'll give Nineveh a second chance, He'll give anybody a second chance. I'll say say that almost about Jonah. But think about those in the Bible that he's given second chances. Abraham, Jacob, Moses. They, anybody that... I, I, I started looking through the Bible and I said, anybody God used, he had to give a second chance. And he'll give you a second chance. I thought, sure, someone would say amen to that because some of us need a second chance right now. Some of us need one. We need a second chance. We've, we've, we've gone the wrong direction. And we need, to, we need God to give us a second chance. But I like what 2 Peter 3, 9 says. It says, The Lord is not slack in concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. He's patient toward us. Not willing, listen to this, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is going to be patient with you. Don't burn it out. Luke 15, 7 says it this way, I say to you that likeness there is, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just people who need no repentance. God loves people who repent of their sins. He loves to see that happen. You know, we say this, and I believe this, when somebody accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I truly believe the angels in heaven celebrate. I truly believe there's a party in heaven, amen? When someone comes to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So God gives second chances. But notice the command. 
that he gives to Jonah. He says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. I want you to notice this. God has the same call, the same destination, the same task as required of Jonah. Nothing changed. That's, 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 that's something to ponder. He didn't go up to Jonah and said, Jonah, I know you really don't want to go to Nineveh, so why don't we just send you to the Bahamas instead? Let's just send you somewhere else where you're better suited to go. Because you really don't want to do this. You know? He doesn't do that. God had a plan and a purpose, and that's not going to change. You know, God will allow you to run away. God will allow you to be a rebel. But He will never conform His will to yours. Never. He will never, he will never, he will never be intimidated by your rebellion. He'll never sit there and be uh, amazed by how you can say no to him. And he'll never be bullied by your hostility. And he will not be barreled over by your resistance. He'll stand. You have to come back, and you must submit to him. That's the way it works. That's the bottom line. We must shape our will to His will. What is necessary is that we conform our plans to His, and what is required is that we surrender our wishes to His wishes so that we understand that He is our Lord and He is our Savior. That word Lord means something, amen? It means I don't get my way. I'm, a, I'm always amazed when we get in church sometimes, I hear people talk about their way. And I said, I checked my way. At the, I checked my, when I got saved, I checked my way. Because I went the way. Okay? I'm a way. I went the way. Some of y'all still want your way. Some, they, sometimes they'll ask me my opinion. Sometimes I, I, I quit having an opinion on something, like the color of carpet. I don't care what color of carpet the church is. Okay? I don't sweat the small stuff because there's so much big that needs to take place. Amen? Okay? It's good on my side too, guys. I promise you. I love it. I sleep good at night. I don't go, I don't go to bed thinking, I didn't get my way today. I don't want my way. I want God's way. Is that so wrong? That's the way, if you're going to deal with God, you have to submit to His way. And I encourage you to do that. That's what we as Christians constantly do. On the day. That's what spiritual warfare takes place in our lives. Because sometimes, and I'll be honest with you, my way wants to jump in sometimes. I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes I'll, you know, but it's something, when it, it, when it, when it does, I think it's something big though. That's in my head might be small to you, but it's big to me. And I want to do it my way. I feel like Elvis Presley or uh, that other guy. Or I did it my way. I feel like uh, Frank Sinatra. There we go. I feel like Frank Sinatra, and I want to sing that song, I did it my way. And every time I think about my way leads where? 
And God's way leads where? And I come back to doing it His way. And that's what Jonah did. Jonah came back. He tried his way. Jonah's way. But now he's went back to doing it God's way. And so he noticed the response. He said, so he went to Nineveh. So Jonah rose instead of, if you flip back to verse chapter 1, but Jonah rose to flee. Instead of doing that, he arose and went to Nineveh according to what? The Word of the Lord. God's Word will never lead you wrong. Even though Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh, he went to Nineveh. And it says, Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days' journey in extent. I was amazed that he was finally, he didn't argue this time. He didn't even seem to complain. I think he, they would have told us. I think that fish did something to him while he was in the belly of the fish. He, he realized that he needed to be obedient. That was his response. But notice God's message to Nineveh. It says, And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day, first day walk, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. What a simple message. And I want to look at that just for a second. Yet 40 days. Stop right there just for a second. I'll take this because it won't take but about two minutes to do this. 40 days. He promised them 40 days. Who can do that? Only God can. Let me tell you, have you ever been in a doctor's office? I've heard doctors say this before. You've got about six months to live. I told my deacon one time, I told the deacons, uh, I was telling them what uh, one of our church members was going through, and I said, they said they've got about six months to live. And, and my, um, one of my deacons pulled me inside and says, can they, put that in, can they put that in writing for me? Could they promise me that I'll be alive six months from now? Can a doctor promise you six months? The answer is no. Nobody can promise you six months. But God was promising Nineveh 40 days. That's grace, guys. Guess what? God can do it. If God says you got 40 days, you know what? You have 40 days. Okay? I think that's, that's, that's beautiful. You've got 40 days... And then you shall, and then Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's a very simple message. We have a message. No, it's called the gospel. And the gospel says this, and I'm just two verses. And the first one you know by heart: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, that's good news. God loves you. He's provided a son for you. You may have never seen this before, but I want to show you something in the Bible. This is found in 1 Corinthians 15. 
verses 1 through 5. I call this the gospel paragraph. Okay? This, and this, listen, this is the gospel in a nutshell. I'd encourage you to look it up. I highlight, it's highlighted in my Bible. If you want to see it, you can come back to church and look at it. You don't. But, but notice what it says here. In 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand. So he's talking to born-again believers. By which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preach to you unless you believe in vain. Listen to this. Here's the gospel. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose the third day according to the Scriptures, that He was seen by Cephas, or Simon Peter, then by the twelve. Folks, that's the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus loved you so much that He came, He died, He rose again for you, for your sins, for your life. That's our message. That's what we're to tell. The Great Commission tells us believers to go and to make disciples. And we're to tell the gospel story. And the gospel story is what? Good news. And people need good news today. If you watch the news, you don't hear good news most of the time. So we need to share the good news of God's love. Jonah had the, the opportunity to share this message of judgment. And he was promising them 40 days. Folks, we share the gospel today and we can't share with them 40 days, can we? We can't say, let me tell you this and you've got 40 days to decide. Some people think this is not fair to put pressure on people to make a decision about Jesus Christ, but I didn't make the rules up. I know this, you can share a gospel with a person one moment and he'd be dead the next moment. They don't have 40 days. They may not have 40 days. They may have a lifetime, but we don't know. So there is an urgency in our message because we don't know. And we are to tell people. What's beautiful about this is that the Ninevites, the Nineveh, even the king, it says here in verse 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God. That's like a blanket statement. But what you see here in this passage of Scripture, that they began to act as if they believed. They put on sackcloth. They showed they regret and they showed repentance by their actions. So something must have transpired inside of them because... When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, one of the things that we do is that we want to follow that with what? Baptism. Why would you want to go stand in a pool of water with somebody you may or may not know unless you're doing it out of obedience? This is a funny story, and I just want to share it. Whenever a hurricane went to Louisiana and came up through Mississippi, uh, one of the uh, cities that was pretty much just wiped out was church, uh, 
a little, a little town called Past Christian, Mississippi. In Arcadia First Baptist Church, where I was pastoring, we were given the instructions to go to this church there and and to put a roof on it and put it and to help fix it from the um, from the hurricane. Hurricane did some horrible things to that city. It was um, um, I've never seen destruction like I did in that city. You can see on the wall the water line where the water had come up in that church. But that's where the only place we could stay was in the fellowship home. And so I took like 10 or 12 guys, I can't remember how many, but we all had to get cleaned up because it was very humid there and very you get dirty. The work we were doing was very dirty work. And so we all had to take showers. Where do you think we took our shower? In the baptistry. We actually took showers in the baptistry. And so I sense now that not only am I a Baptist, but I've been sprinkled too. Okay? Now, I wasn't baptized there. Okay? But obedience, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to be obedient to Him, there comes the act of obedience, of baptism. Why do you do that? Why do you go in there and get placed under water? Because you have been You don't do it because you like water? Uh, while I was here, when I was your youth minister, um, so many years ago, I'm not going to say how many years back, but you all know who were, were here, somebody was really scared of water. And I actually took him into the baptistry and showed him where the water would come and everything. He, no water was in there. And we tried. And he, was, and he finally got over his fear and we were able to baptize him. Some people make that, and I understand that. But, we, it, but baptism comes out of obedience. And you see obedience, you see something changing inside of these men and women here in Nineveh because they put on sackcloth and they began to mourn and fast. And even the king got a hold of this and began to, to do the same things. And he even com- made some commands about what they shouldn't even, they should fast even more. Folks, when God does something in your life where you're fearful of it, you're going to repent and change. We see their response to the Word of God, but notice God's response in verse 10. It says, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways, and God relented from the disaster that He had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. I'm so thankful that I serve a forgiving God. Do you know God will forgive you? I've seen people before, they, they say God has forgiven them, but they still live under the sin in which God has forgiven them. And they keep saying, I don't think God's forgiven me. And, I, and I, as I pry deeper into that, I've come to the realization that it's not God that has forgiven me. They haven't forgiven themselves. And I say, what a shame. That a person that's been forgiven by Almighty God 
cannot forgive themselves. You're here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When God forgave you, He cleansed you of your sins. Not only did He forgive you of your sins, but He has forgotten your sins. Amen? He, has, he can do that. I pray that He can do that for you. Because if, if God has forgiven you and has forgotten your sins... Why are you holding on to it? Why do you keep beating yourself up over it? I know one reason. Satan's using it. I know. I know what he does. Satan does that to, 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 to stalemate you. Because what happens is you, you're all about you. And God wants you to be all about the world. Accept God's forgiveness. Accept the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ and put it behind you. I'm thankful that we have a God who forgives. And Romans 10 verse 8 says it this way. But what does it say? The Word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. I'm so thankful that God forgives. I'll be honest with you, I thought He would have a hard time with the people of Nineveh. Those were some cruel people. If you do some study, and I, 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 I gave you a, a glimpse of what they were last week, and I'm not going to go there again, but they were mean and ruthless people. But they cried out to God, and God heard them. And God will hear you also. What did we learn here today? God can use imperfect people like Jonah. God's message is simple for even a child can understand, that you can respond to. And the last thing I want you to understand here is that God is responsible for the results. That's why I don't, when I come to the invitation, I don't try to put the heavy on them. I've been in services before where a, a, a preacher would keep the service going until somebody finally came down. Have you ever been in one of those services before? Where the preacher just kept the music going until somebody came forward. I quit praying for myself and started praying for other people. Or, you know so-and-so, he needs to go down there. You know, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm kidding, of course. I was just, God's... God is, God is the one who brings in the, the results. What we are to do is be obedient. And I'm going to ask you a question. What is God telling you to do today? We're not here by accident. God is moving in your life. 
Whatever God is asking you or telling you to do, He typically don't ask, He tells. Are you obedient? Which direction are you going? Are you trying to get away from God or are you going toward God? If you're trying to go away from Him, I'm going to plead with you today to repent and turn and come back. I believe if Jonah was here today, he would stand here in his the skin that was stained by the, the toxins that were in that great fish, and his skin looked probably, he's probably as white as he could be. Probably didn't have any hair on his head. Probably looked horrible. And he'd plead, you don't do what I do. Jonah would say, don't go the direction I if you're running from God right now, it's time for you to repent. It's time to turn and come back to Him. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God will forgive you. He loves you just as much as He loves anybody else. He loved you so much that He laid down His Son's life on a cross. I can't imagine that love because I'm going to tell you the truth. I would not give my son or my daughter's life for you. I'm just going to be honest. I would not. I don't have that depth of love. Okay? I just don't. But you, I know somebody that does. You know who it is? God Himself. Don't pass up on the greatest gift you could ever receive. And you can do that. You can talk to me at the close of the service. I'm going to go back to the back uh, out here. We'll go back and have a little bit of prophecy. And we can sit there and share a little bit. We're going to set up another time. And, and I can maybe even send you to somebody that you might feel comfortable talking to. Feel comfortable talking to me. I will gladly share the plan of salvation. But it's a simple message. God loves you. He's got a purpose for your life. And it's time for you to get busy. And now is the time. Now this is the time for you to listen and obey. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for every opportunity that we have to respond to your word. Lord, we live in crazy times. Every week brings something new. Every day, every moment brings something something new into our lives that, Lord, that we must respond to. And Father, we pray for wisdom and guidance in that. And today, Father, we have the opportunity to make one of the greatest decisions, the greatest decision we'll ever make, and that is to accept You as our Lord and Savior. Father, if there's somebody here that's never done that, we pray that today would be the day of salvation for them, that this would be the appointed time, and that, Father, that they'll be obedient like Jonah was the second time, and obey the Word to come to Him and repent of their sins and place their faith and trust in You. And Father, we will praise with the angels that person that accepted You as their Lord and Savior. We'll praise You, Father, for that. Father, we open up this altar today. I know there's going to be singing taking place, but Lord, there's some who are carrying heavy burdens. Father, I know some who've lost loved ones this week, and Lord, they may need to come to the altar and just 
Thank you, Father, for being with them in such a tough week. Lord, we open up this altar for all those who need to come and, and lay their burdens at this altar. And may they not pick them up when they get up, but may they just give them to you, Father. But Lord, we open up this altar and we pray that your Spirit will move, Lord, in a way that will change our lives and enrich our lives empower our lives, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. Father, we praise You and thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand together as we sing? so much for uh, coming today as you're leaving there'll be some guys at the doors to receive the offering if you're not comfortable with that on the uh, walls as you're exiting or coming back in um, towards the uh, portico there'll be some black boxes on the wall for you to drop your offerings there there's going to be a deacons meeting immediately following this service down in the conference room it'll be brief but we need to have it uh, choir, we'll be meeting at 5 o'clock today as normal. Two things I want to uh, tell you, if you're new, three things actually. If you're new to us or, the, new for the, or you're returning for the first time in a long while, Brother Joey will also be out there and he would love to talk to you about PS 101, how you can learn about us and we can learn a little bit about you and see if God is leading you to be a part of this family and I appreciate the words that Joey said but let me tell you something we're operating just like Dale Roach has taught us to do we're a team here we're a team here Joey's a huge part of that team he's he's represented this church magnificently while the pastor has been gone just so that you'll know um, he's he'll be uh, 
finishing up the Jonah series uh, next Sunday. And then the following Sunday, uh, we go into 1 John. It just so happens that we have five Sundays in October, and there are five chapters in that book. So that's what the lessons will be on. The fifth Sunday will be Sacrifice Sunday, and we will continue to have Sacrifice Sunday. We hope that by that time, maybe the pastor will be back with us. But just continue to pray uh, towards that end. Matt will be preaching at the beginning of October. And we'll be um, sort of tag-teaming it in the pulpit until the pastor returns. We're going to be sending out um, uh, an email um, as often as we can. Uh, but don't get alarmed if you don't hear something every day. Because some, t- some days there's not a lot to report. So uh, just so you'll know that, we could probably inundate you with uh, emails. We're going to try not to do that. We're going to try to keep you abreast of what's going on. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for the message that we've heard. Lord, I pray that it won't be just something we've heard and forget, but something we'll hear and take to heart and remember and meditate on that today and allow you through your word to change our lives. Father, we love you. We pray you'll continue to bring healing to our pastor. In Jesus' name.